Welcome to the Zen Stoic Podcast, where we take philosophies of Zen and Stoicism that have been helping people for thousands of years, and we bring them into modern discussions to create mental wellness and vitality. Welcome, everybody, to the Zen Stoic Podcast. On this special edition of our podcast, we have a special guest joining us. I have Blake Bowman, the CEO of Gorilla Zen Fitness and the new company, Potentia Wellness. Blake, it's great to have you here. Victor, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It's an honor, brother. So, Blake... Before we get into this, I mean, you've done a lot to help me just in the short time that we've been hanging out over this weekend, um, and it's it's been a game changer in terms of what I'm going to do with my environment in terms of, and my health. So why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, so basically I'm a holistic health and wellness coach and uh, entrepreneur. I just started a new supplement company that uses medicinal mushrooms that uh, help people calm down. But uh, yeah, you know, long story short, I used to have a lot of health issues. I was raised with a very health conscious mother um, who had me taking supplements and stuff like that when I was like 10. Um, so I was kind of always around this like health and wellness world, ran into some health issues of my own and uh, had to find all sorts of solutions to fix myself and improve my situation because you know, a lot of these uh, things that I was struggling with, muscle imbalances, orthopedic issues, so on and so forth, I couldn't get, um, you know, relief from by seeking out the consultation of regular doctors. So I essentially figured out how to fix myself using corrective exercise, using different health optimization modalities, supplements, health technology, and stuff like that. Totally revolutionized and like fixed myself and improved my health in multiple areas and now I teach other people how to do the same thing. Yeah, and it's and it's been amazing. Very very eye-opening especially for me to learn a lot of what you do and especially going with you know, it's a, very aligned with stoicism in terms of the way that you think, right? And especially the way that you think about health and how we make decisions when it comes to our diet and exercise and what we surround ourselves with in our homes. So mm-hmm. can you speak a little bit about um, just how important your environment is in terms of your health. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that you and I have been talking about a lot this weekend that we've been hanging out together. There are myriad factors that go into your health, diet, exercise, the obvious things, but, uh, environment is another one that's huge, um, that, uh, is oftentimes underlooked. And there are lots of things in your environment that you want to be mindful of because they can either destroy your health or improve it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about air quality talking about the timing and the frequency, which is essentially the, the light spectrum of the lighting that you have in, in your, your house. Um, we're talking about EMF in your house, okay? So electromagnetic fields. These are all things that are invisible, right? You can't really see air quality um, unless there's obvious dust in the air. You can't really see electromagnetic fields, um, and, uh, you know, but these things have a profound impact on our physiology and our health, as mm-hmm. does just a simple organization of your house. Yeah, you know? a- absolutely. And, I, and that's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about on this podcast specifically, yeah. um, only because I know that with stoicism, we focus a lot on what can we control? How do we, you know, focus upon that and make sure that we use that to influence a better mindset, a, a more inner peace, so to yeah. speak. But sometimes there are things that are affecting you you and your inner peace or your emotional vitality that you can't even see or perceive that most people just look at as normal. Yeah. And so that's why I thought it was really important because we don't just want to use our logic and reason choice to, to bring ourselves into that emotional sovereignty, but also do what we can with our environment which is why I think this is an incredibly important topic. 
Yeah, so you and I were you were talking about that a lot, like using your willpower to fight against uh, you know your emotional urges and things mm-hmm. like that, and that's like kind of at the foundation of what stoicism is all about. But there are things in your in your environment that can make that easier to mm-hmm. do. The end goal is the same without taxing your you know decision making ability and your willpower yes. you know unnecessarily. Um, and just the simple you know what we were talking about a second here, the simple organization of your physical environment is a reflection of what's happening in your mind yes right what's happening in your outer world which you can see just in your your house and your car is a reflection of what's happening in your inner world and if your you know house is is dirty you got dirty dishes everywhere on the counter you know you got clothes all over the place there's just chaos and disorganization uh you know around you physically that is going to be reflected in your mind right and you're going to be kind of mentally predisposed to this chaos mm-hmm. and therefore in order to get any order in your mind you're going to have to use inordinate amounts of willpower yes because you have you know you have this extra stressor of a chaotic environment that your brain is having to overcome on top of the normal day-to-day challenges that you're mm-hmm. going to be faced with so yeah you you know this is something that you and I have been talking about a lot this weekend you can use willpower a lot and it can get you very far but you know, why would you use it unnecessary, you know, against something like, uh, you know, a, uh, environment that you could easily clean up? Why would you put up with chaos there, which would require you to use more willpower to, to like get that kind of like logical kind of thinking, action taking strategy mindset um, if you didn't have to? Correct. And and this is a, a really important piece, especially when it comes to Zen philosophy, right? When it comes to Zen, it's and your environment right? The clutter is actually a bad thing that you want to make sure that you clear up. You want to make sure that you're decluttering, that you're making space essentially. And I have to say, since hanging out in Blake's house, it's been a game changer from what I'm used to in terms of even hanging out in my own house, just because of the way the environment is, it's much more Zen uh, because a lot of these factors that we don't even think about are things that he's taken into consideration uh, for health reasons, as well as just your overall emotional well-being. Yep. And we talked about today on my podcast how emotional well-being is is not inseparable from I mean it is inseparable from health. It uh you know your emotional state mm-hmm. directly influences things like stress hormones, cortisol, right? Yes. And we know that if we're like have a cortisol imbalance that predisposes us to myriad different illnesses, obesity and other bad, you know, things. So yeah, you know, these things are huge, man. Absolutely. Now, I know you live a lifestyle where you like to do a lot of challenging things, things that put you in an uncomfortable situation, which is a cornerstone of the philosophy of stoicism is to learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, essentially. So what are some ways that you've used um, to challenge yourself to have a stronger character and essentially just be more comfortable in uncomfortable situations? Great question. Well, you and I connected a lot this weekend over our you know, history with wrestling and grappling and things like that. I think that's one of the best things to do. Yes. One of the best things to have your children do if, if you have children. Um, because that's just such a humbling thing. I mean, to like go out when you're first starting your wrestling career or whatever, especially if you're like young, you're like a freshman in high school, you're just yeah. going to get your ass kicked, you know, a bunch of times over and over and over again. And, and it's extremely humiliating because unlike team sports, where the responsibility of the loss is kind of diffused out across not just you, but all of your teammates, you all share that loss in, you know, combat sports like wrestling or grappling or jujitsu, whatever it is, judo, 
it's it's a hundred percent on your shoulders, right? Yes. And everybody sees that. And to to be able to make it through a wrestling season when you just went, you know, three and and forty five. That's your record, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> if if you can make it through that kind of like loss, the kind of character that you would you build and the mental toughness that you build from doing that and the training and the practice. That's just like incredibly profound. Mm-hmm. And I think that that had a major influence on me. Wrestling yeah. in middle school and college and uh, high school really, um, you know, made me into the person I am today. Gave me a lot of drive uh, and determination that I don't think people that you know h- did not wrestle could develop or have as easily. Yes. So that's one thing. Um, another thing I like to do is polar plunging or like cold exposure, which is like jumping into you know a river in January in the northern hemisphere, like where I live in Michigan. That's uh, you know, needless to say, extremely cold and uncomfortable. Um, and it really brings you into the present moment. We were talking about this on my, my podcast. It's mm-hmm. like you're not going to think about, you know, the problems that you have in life when you're, you know, in freezing cold, you know, water. <laughs> you know, it brings you back down to your, like, primal instincts of just, like, surviving. Uh, and for that same reason, you know, weightlifting has been really good for me, too. Mm-hmm. For that same exact reason, it, like, calms my mind. Because yes. if you're, like bench pressing like 300 pounds or something like that mm-hmm. again it brings your mind down to a single point of focus yes that uh and it remains there because again when you're bench pressing 300 pounds or deadlifting you know somewhere around there or north of there you're not thinking about anything else except for just that exercise that movement because it demands so much of your focus and attention yes and in that way it's very meditative for me. Yes. Walking in nature is as well. Absolutely. And we did a lot of walking in nature since, <laughs> yes. since my, my visiting here with you. And it's been incredibly uh, a relaxing experience, right? It's, been, it's, it's removed a lot of the stress that you, know, you normally would think about on a regular basis. And then being in nature puts everything into perspective. Yes. Right. It brings you back to your center. It brings you back to your nature. And and stoicism is all about aligning with your nature as a human being, and making sure that you challenge yourself and you overcome, and that you focus on your ability to use your own free will and the things that you can control in your emotional state as well as the thoughts that you have and the actions. Um, so, uh, one thing that I always tell clients that is really interesting when it comes to facing challenges is that people who go to the gym on a regular basis they are not looking at the challenge of lifting weights or exercising as something that's going to take away from them. But in all other areas of life, whether it's business, whether it's their personal life, and they see a challenge, they're always looking at it for what it's going to take away versus what it's going to give them. What is your perspective on challenges? Do you look at, is there a specific thing that you focus on when you're in one or about to go into one that helps you to calm your mind? Uh, That's a good question. I read something in a... uh in a book a long time ago. I think it was a Ryan Holiday book. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was that book, The Obstacle is the Way. Yes. Have you read that book? I have not. It's on my list. Yeah. I'm going to butcher this. But he says something along the lines of, like, bad companies fail during, like, tribulations mm-hmm. or uh, adversity. Yes. Right? If they're a bad company, they just don't make it through adversity. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's, you know, you run a company, you're running it poorly, a recession hits, you know, you go out bit you go out of business, your business fails. So bad businesses fail in adversity. Good businesses survive through adversity. Yes. Right? They don't die. 
Mm-hmm. They don't uh, go away, but they just kind of make it by. You know, they're not like thriving. They just kind of survive, like I said. And excellent businesses actually improve themselves and get better by going through adversity. Yes. And uh, so they don't just survive like good businesses do. They literally enhance themselves and become stronger as a result of the adversity. And this applies on the macro level, like in an organization, a business, but also on a micro level, on an individual human person level. Yes. That's what I believe. So I try to remind myself of that. Whenever, Whenever I'm going through an adversity... In life or in business, I ask myself, like, how can I use my experience here to learn lessons so that I can strengthen and bolster myself in the future to actually grow from this experience and even benefit from it? Yes. Yes. And you're you're already looking at it from a perspective that contains uh, almost a bit of gratitude, like being thankful for that challenge because it's it's contributing to the character of who you are. Yes. Like no matter what it is that you're doing. And that I find is a very powerful mindset because then you welcome challenge. You welcome resistance because you know it's going to add to your repertoire. It's going to add to who you are as a person. Yes. It's a very powerful way to look at things. Um, Now, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I know you and I had a conversation off air of this uh, of this podcast. Actually, this was a while back. Uh, when you had first listened to my podcast, you reached out to me telling me that you saw something about how stoicism was like uh, toxic masculinity. So I'm, I'm curious if you could just share a little bit of that because I know that's a, that's a discussion that you and I have had a few yeah. times that I feel like is very valuable to understand. For sure. Well, you know, basically I'm very much so in alignment with stoicism and everything mm-hmm. that you stand for, uh, Victor. And, uh, you know, basically the American Psychological Association just like did this whole like uh, analysis, I guess, where they were identifying traits in men that they deemed toxic, mm. traits that contributed to toxic masculinity. Yes, which I think is just crazy. I mean, it's just the term alone is kind of nuts. Um, but that aside, you know, one of the characteristics was stoicism. Yes, right, stoicism in men was deemed a toxic quality uh, by the American Psychological Association. And I just think that's uh, horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's uh, basically why I, you know, told you, I was like, proud of you. I'm happy to see you standing up for stoicism in light of, you know, an organization like this, an authority deeming what you're advocating toxic. Yes, yes. And and the interesting thing is... uh, where I learned the the distinction about the toxicity was actually really important. There was a guy that I had on the podcast a couple weeks back. His name was Andrew Kirby. So he has like over 300 videos on stoicism on his channel. And, you know, really, really cool guy, very insightful. And he's only 19 years old practicing stoicism, uh, you know, and it was, it was amazing to, to be able to interview him. But he explained it best from what I understood, which is that there's two, sto- two definitions of stoicism if you look up on Google. One of them is stoicism, the noun, and then the other one is stoicism, the proper noun. So the noun of stoicism is basically to kind of repress your emotions, essentially, mm. and you know, act like they're not there. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, of course, right? but 
the 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 proper noun of stoicism stoicism with a capital s you could say is the ancient greek philosophy that is living a life of virtue and excellence and in service of the great uh, of the common good of your fellow man so there's a very big difference and i think the first one that the you know that would be deemed as toxic masculinity is not toxic masculinity it's just toxic personality trait right to bottle up all those emotions inside yes and what effect does bottling up those emotions have on our health yeah well myriad uh myriad issues you know it depends on what perspective you look at it from you can look at it from the western perspective Mm -hmm. and say that you know experiencing negative emotional states will create like a hormonal cascade that will lead to like uh things like depressed immunity compromised Mm -hmm. immune system inflammation might go up um all these different like things that we can measure with western science yeah so that's what from the western perspective we could say you know it's you know having negative emotions is causing that from the eastern perspective you know (laughs) there are like we could get deep into that the chakra system and how that's going to be affected Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i mean it's gonna have it's gonna have profound health impacts um and that's you know something that you and i have been talking about a lot yeah but what is your question exactly? Essentially, Sorry, like, kinda... what what are the impacts on health when you bottle up your emotions and you act like they're not there? When you practice essentially the toxic version of the stoicism definition? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, those Western things that I said, um, you know, repressing emotion oftentimes, uh, you know, comes down to wanting to express yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you if you're bottling, if you're like pissed off at somebody, for example, and you're not express and you're feeling that emotion of being angry yes. and you're not expressing that that can create dysfunction in you know the chakra system specifically in the throat area yes which is responsible for expression and communication yeah right so if you can't you know basically let energy flow through there that can manifest as like physical symptoms in their neck pain yes tension in your neck the inability to be touched there or something mm-hmm. like that um, that's kind of like the woo woo perspective from the East, you yes. know, but, uh, you know, we can measure this with science too, for people that are more scientifically oriented, more of a Western mindset, mm-hmm. you know, we can look at, look at different psychological studies, repressing emotions. Not good. I think we all yes. know that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. No, that, and that creates toxicity overall because your own incongruency of how you're showing up with other people in your communication is going to show, right? They're going to feel it in some way. They're going to feel that tension and that conflict going on inside you if you're not expressing the emotion. And one thing that I always tell my clients is that if you're resisting an emotion consistently, like we talked about on your podcast, we talked about stress eating, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're consistently resisting an emotion, part of that is using coping mechanisms to appease the emotion. And one thing that I always tell them to, to help them remember is that you don't want to be resisting your emotions because they will continue to come back. You're not addressing a problem that is coming up. And Stoics, they don't, re- they don't repress emotion or act like they don't have emotion. They make sure that they deal with it. So the mm. phrase that I give them is what you resist will persist and what is fully felt will melt. So if you have to face that emotion, you will – acknowledge it and you'll deal with it especially if you have no outlet no cell phone to look at or no cupcake to stuff your face with you have to acknowledge that so what is what, what's your your view on that yeah on fully feeling your emotions and acknowledging them yeah that's interesting because i was wondering what you were going to say is the difference between repressing emotions and stoicism yes 
So stoicism is is about not letting your emotions control you, but it's also about processing them. Yes. Right? Most so you can definitely. see how people would get confused with these things, you know? Yes. They, they're kind of similar, right? Yes. They both end up in trying to control your emotions in a way that where they don't control your actions. Mm-hmm. But one involves, like, repression. And yes. if we want to get into psychology, we could look at, like, Carl Jung. You're probably, like, jamming more stuff into your shadow complex. Mm-hmm. Um, that will surface one day. Yeah. <laughs> so they both end, yeah. So you're trying to do that with that one, but with the... Uh, with the other one, you're integrating these emotions, you're processing them, kind of like coming to face with them, seeing them, and then uh, choosing to, from a rational standpoint, after d- coping with them, choosing to not let them affect you at that point. Correct. Yeah. Gives you the ability to reflect. Yeah. Like I, like we were talking about in your podcast, but I think it's incredibly valuable to discuss as well here, is that I had a friend recently call me who is in a bodybuilding competition. And he's in a pretty rough situation where he's four weeks out. You know, the guy's hungry, obviously, because he's on a caloric deficit uh, from doing the bodybuilding competition. But at the same time, uh, his grandmother is in hospice and, you know, she her days are numbered, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so he had called me and saying, you know, like, I didn't know who else to call about this, but I need to figure this out because I'm four weeks out. I don't know what to do. And I'm a stress eater. That's my normal coping mechanism. But I can't do that right now because I have this competition. But simultaneously, I feel like I'm doing this for vanity because it's bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And I remember on that phone call, I our discussion took a turn where, you know, I told him, I'm like, this is a blessing in your life to not have the option to turn to food. Yeah. Because for once you need to actually face the emotions. And this is not just the emotions of your grandmother. This is everything that you're indulging in Mm. at this moment. Because when shitty situations come up, we often, there's a fine line between mourning somebody or being sad for somebody and indulging in your own emotions. Mm. And, And with him, it was like, this idea of don't indulge in your own emotions and begin to do do this bodybuilding competition in honor of her versus indulging in those emotions, right? Really take a moment to face these emotions instead of try to numb them away with food. Yeah. And so it, it's it's often a very important topic that I, that I share with people is not to numb away your emotions, not to just distract yourself. Like allow yourself to feel them, allow yourself to process them and create something constructive out of them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that distinction between stoicism with the S on, in lowercase versus uppercase is very important there. Yes. Because one is pathological and the other one is beneficial. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm curious because you, you align with stoicism a lot. I know you haven't you know, done a, a depth of study or reading on it, but what have you taken away from stoicism so far that has served you in your, in your life? Just like life lessons and uh, kind of confirmation of things that I learned through life. Yes. Um, but written out more eloquently by these like philosophers like Marcus mm-hmm. Aurelius and Seneca. Yes. So, you know, I don't know, man, it's hard to like give specific examples because like, you know, I read a lot of these things. I read Seneca two years ago, and I just, like, kind of integrated it as truth, and it wasn't necessarily new knowledge for me. It was, like, mm-hmm. confirmation of things that I kind of already suspected or uh, or uh, felt. But it definitely kind of reinforced those ideas. Yes. And created, like, a groove in my mind and perception with regards to how I want to live the future 
of my life and the direction that I want to go and what is good and what is the best strategy and kind of operating system to get me there. Yes. Kind of just reinforced all that in my mind. 100%. And so, and I, and I know that that's been part of what has led you down this path of being an expert in the field of health and fitness and corrective exercise, right? You had to face a lot of these challenges on your own. You had to channel your pain into your greatness and your creativity. Absolutely. Um, that ultimately also serves many, many people Yep. that, that you get to help. So um, just a, a final question here before we wrap up. So we always talk about on, on the Zen Stoic podcast, ways of bettering ourselves and creating more mental wellness and vitality. Now, it's not just willpower, right? That's something that I discovered actually this weekend because I was willing my way and using my intellect to yeah. you know, calm down my own anxieties. Mm -hmm. And this weekend I learned that I was ineffectively using that because there's a lot of conscious and proactive decisions I can make that would help me get rid of those things naturally or not have to put so much willpower into making myself feel better, so to speak. So I'm curious if, if for people who are listening, if they're feeling some anxiety, like what would you recommend they do? Like what are a few things, a few simple steps they can start with? If they're feeling anxiety? Yeah, like some steps that they can use in their environment or with yeah. their, their food consumption or whatever it is. For sure. Well, I mean, the first thing is like always, you know, check with your physician before you do anything with regards to any kind of medical diagnoses. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, w one thing is, and we talked about this in my podcast, is stop focusing on things and dwelling on things that are outside of your circle of influence and control. That's like an instant recipe for anxiety. Yes. Right? You, you worrying about world wars, Armageddon, politics, all sorts of things. Like, you don't have any control over these things, so stop investing so much emotional energy into them. All that's doing is creating chaos and anxiety in you. Yes. Right? That can be a game changer for a lot of people that spend a lot of time in that space dwelling on things that are outside of the circle of influence and control, right? One thing, another thing is lay off the stimulants, right? When you're in an anxious state, your, your body's in a sympathetic nervous system state, which means it's in fight or flight mode. And guess what makes that worse and stimulates the nervous system more? Stimulants. Any kind of central nervous system stimulant, caffeine being one, just exacerbates that. So it's like... I makes mean, it worse. <laughs> yeah, coffee is fine for somebody that's, you know, normally chilled out. But, you know, if you have anxiety already, you're not helping it by drinking coffee. I'll tell you that much. That's one. Another one. Um, you know, a third one is organize your environment. We alluded to this at the beginning of the podcast. Your internal world is a reflection of your outside, is a reflection of your external world and vice versa. It's very easy to feel mental chaos and, and subsequent anxiety when you're living like a you know, when you're just living really dirty, right? Everything's unorganized. Like I said, you got you got plates in the sink with food on them. They're not washed. Like when you see that, it primes your mind and like makes you expect more chaos, which just kind of contributes to this kind of anxious, kind of overstimulated, uncomfortable space, right? Um, so that's another thing. And, uh, you know, another one is to be mindful of your exposure to electromagnetic fields. This is something that I've been showing you a lot here, oh, yeah. Victor. <laughs> Yeah. This opened my eyes big time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, electromagnetic fields are created by pretty much any electronic device. Um, but also internally, our body makes electromagnetic fields. Our heart and uh, brain make these electromagnetic fields that are measurable. And they're very powerful. We are electromagnetic beings as long as, alongside being biochemical beings, physical beings, so on and so forth. 
Um, and when our fields of our body interact with these other fields that are non-native, that's what we call them, non-native EMFs, um, things that come from devices, power devices, cell phones, Wi-Fi routers, smart meters, things like this, these influence our physiology and, uh, you know, they can be very detrimental to us and uh, really kind of have an impact on our mood. So um, that's subjectively something that I've noticed I'm most sensitive to. And you came here to my house too, Victor. Yeah. And, you know, where I live now is a, a very low EMF place. I have a meter that I measure uh, the EMFs and I just moved in here, you know, a couple months ago and made sure that the place I moved had very low EMFs. Mm-hmm. And Victor's coming here from Florida. He's got a lot of like uh, tech gadgets and stuff normally. Yes. <laughs> and you notice like a sense of peace here, right? Like hundred percent. Like as yeah. soon as I walked into the house, it was like this visceral change yeah. in, in terms of the way that I felt uh, regarding my normal levels of anxiety, right? As as the Zen Stoic, uh, the host of the Zen Stoic podcast, these are things that I practice every day and using my will and intellect to make myself feel better without even realizing that I was missing a whole different piece, which was managing my environment, yeah. right? Which is take it's making it easier than it needs to be, right? It's it's not overcomplicating the situation or not taking proactive measures to help myself in that particular situation. So I've it's working so smarter, much. not harder. Exactly. It's exactly. Yes. It's working smarter, not harder. And that's a, that's a great way of putting it. So Blake, I really, really appreciate you being here, man. It's been an absolute honor interviewing you on the Zen Stoic podcast. So just before we wrap up, where can the audience find you and how can they work with you if they need some help with their health and fitness? Yeah, man. Gorilla Zen, G U E R R I L L A Z E N. That's my main brand, Gorilla Zen Fitness. And by main brand, I just mean the brand that I've been owning and operating for the last five years. Um, you can connect with me on my website, GorillaZen.com, or just search Gorilla Zen you know, any, on any search engine. You'll find most likely my YouTube channel, my website. You can connect with me on either of those or Instagram. Um, and also check out my new channel, Potentia, or my new company, rather, Potentia Wellness. And uh, basically what that is, it's a supplement company. And... We are starting out with just one product. It's called the Zen Blend. And what we're doing is we're putting together a bunch of anxiolytic herbs into a delicious chocolatey drink. Anxiolytic herbs are Ill- herbs that help with anxiety. So I'm talking about things like reishi. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one called bacopa. That's a herb, not a mushroom. Uh, we put magnesium in there. All of these like really powerful things that basically help you chill out, right? And when you use a product like what we're designing here, in tandem with these things that we discussed here, meditation, cleaning up your environment, um, you know, you can really dramatically improve your, you know, how your body feels on a day-to-day basis and really kind of bring more inner peace yes. to your uh, to your life, which is very important. So, but yeah, man, thank you for having me on here. Yeah, it's, it's been, been an a, honor, brother. Always. Yes. All right, guys. So this has been the Zen Stoic Podcast with Blake Bowman. Uh, make sure that if you have any questions for him, you shoot him a message on any any platform, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram works well for that. Instagram is, 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 the, is the platform of choice here. So thank you guys again for listening to the Zen Stoic Podcast. Uh, definitely leave us a comment, a review, and we're looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Wait, wait, before you go to the next podcast, listen, if you want the daily updates, Zen Stoic Mastery page on Facebook, go like that. And if you want to link up on the Instagram, it's Zen Stoic underscore V.